start with something sorry i because i here's the problem tommy i don't know if you said this to me in life or if you said this on a podcast and i'm unwilling to go back and check but we were talking about one of our favorite uh, sentimentally speaking favorite films soldier of fortune 1955 okay. and and uh talk turned to Rene, the french man yes that's not ernie kovacs it's not no uh, but I, I only mentioned it because I, I started getting really into Ernie Kovacs lately. Okay, okay. You can YouTube his television shows. That guy was like, what they say about him is accurate. Like, he was way ahead yes. of his time in terms yeah. of stuff he was doing. Really incredible. So. Oh, oh, you're right. Okay, he looks kind of, they look a little bit alike, the but you're right. Mustache, the kind of, the, you know. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him in French other things, too. Okay, that look. makes sense. Anyway, I thought I would start that. And then yeah, I, no, you're, but you're right. Like, he's like, he's kind of a, he's kind of a fucking crazy legend. Uh, Kovacs. <laughs> yeah, but again, like, so, so was, so was Gleason. I mean, it's like, you know, the context of the 50s when they, when they were, when they were rocking it. I think Gleason was ahead of his time in a way, too. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. ahead of his time by being behind his time. And here's what I mean by that. Like, Gleason mm-hmm. did, didn't, like, it's not at some point like he couldn't afford a good set. You know, that, that horrible set where you, like, the, the Cramden's apartment, he'd shut the door and the wall would shake. Yeah. <laughs> but he was just like, no, and not only doesn't it matter, I think people like him more. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, well, they were they were putting it with, with like a cartoon of domesticity up is basically like what they were doing, and I think he, you know, he owned the cartoon element of it. Somebody was—I don't remember who it was—but somebody was describing that first episode. It was it was a stand-up comic, and he was saying he he looked at at the honeymooners to sort of just see why was this guy such a genius, and he the first episode, some episode where like um, Alice wants to get a TV, and so the neighbor. Uh, says, ah, give him the old, the whatever treatment, you know, like the the fine, the roast beef dinner, get him, you know, butter him up, get him in a good mood, you know, what I'm, you know where I'm going with this, and 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 so she, Alice puts on this big meal and massages his hair, this and that, and he just looks at it and goes, what, what's wrong, what's up, and the guy's describing like the whole, the audience just erupted like, oh, a, a real couple. Where, you know, like, where the, it's not Father Knows Best, where the guy goes, what the fuck are you up to? What do you want? <laughs> right. Yeah, those guys are geniuses. Yeah. We're, like we are. Well, you know, that's interesting. We should probably have taped that segment, because I think there's some relevance going into what we're going into uh, our boy here. Wait, wait, tape what segment? Like what we just talked about right there. Uh, it's been rolling. Oh, it has. Oh, good. Okay, great. All right. I, was, I, thought, I thought you turned it off. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> to make the point. Okay, okay. But yeah. All right. Great. No. Yeah. Okay. So that that's kind of one of the things about like I think the person we're talking about today, as well as the honeymooners, yep. is there's a context is sort of there's a context to understand going in. I think. Yeah. And now before you- a, it's a little bit. It's a little bit. Um, uh, what do you want to say? Yeah, certain, you know, film is 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 universal to an extent, but like the technique, the techniques uh, definitely change over the years. So, so you know, we're talking uh, we're talking very early film here. Yeah, and some of the stuff they pulled off, I think, was pretty extraordinary. But we'll we'll talk about that as we go along. Yeah, well, I mean, that is another thing. Like, uh, I, you and I, kind of trend toward the importance of context and things, right? But sometimes I wonder if it's the other way around. Nazis like, we are. 
Well, it could be the other way around sometimes. It could be a problem like, like if you have to talk about context too much, that also says something poor about your subject matter. I'm not saying that's the case here, but... Are you making excuses? I guess there might be a question on that, right? Maybe, or, or it's just not, you know, it's not the thing you should be worried about. You know, like ultimately if somebody wants to watch, you know, Charlie Chaplin or, or you know, James Gardner, whatever it is, how much do I need to know about their history? It, it could be interesting versus, oh, I need to know it to, to laugh more or be wowed more. I, you know what I mean? I, I know what you're saying. You're, I'm not invalidating what you're saying, but something. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at Buster, Buster Keaton. Yeah, uh, now I have a request of you. Here's our hot take. Uh, here's my hot take. I think he's really good. Okay, go on. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I have a request of you. Uh, we could talk about him first in general, but um, do you mind if we talk about them in the in, out of chronological order? We talk about the longer right. one first? Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Buster Keaton. Uh, we did an episode on, on uh, Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. Um, we did Charlie Chaplin as well, right? And and both of them, I think Fatty a little more um, gave uh, old Buster his beginning. In fact, one of the, the films I forget which one that we, we looked at something Stage Door Hand or something when we right, looked at yeah he was in it that's correct yeah yeah I told non not well non speaking of course the silent films but not non mouth opening with cute with card part <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you no dialogue <laughs> no, thank you thank you that's it no dialogue. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I mean, interesting guy. Um, uh, what do you know about him? Well, you know, uh, I, I've always kind of, I've been kind of fascinated by him, but I've never actually seen any of his films. I've seen interviews oh, right. by, uh, with him in it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that kind of, you know, that, give me, that gives me the fascination to want to, to go in and check it out. And so... Sure. So again, the thing with the thing with Keaton is there's there is certainly a certain context that one has to kind of take with it, you know, like you like the, like so for instance, what like the, like he had a hard rule, which is uh, every gag was one take. If it didn't, if it if it failed or fucked up, then they just cut that they cut it out of the script. Yeah, and and um, I thought it was like this fascinating, and when you know that, it kind of makes the chances they were taking like really exciting. Yeah, and, and he had that Three Stooges rule, you know, which is like, I think he, he said even, um, stuntmen aren't funny. Yeah, So when you right. realize, like, oh, yeah, he's yeah. doing he was, all yeah, the stuff. He was definitely the guy, he was the, I think he was like, you know, he did, did his own stunts more, like, in excess of what anybody else was doing. And I think Chaplin did a lot of his own, too. In one of the movies we're going to talk about today, he actually broke his neck and didn't know about it for years. Oh, really? Yeah, like he had a, a slightly, you know... <laughs> broken neck and just didn't know. Just a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, um, it, it, what's the list of of comedians from the silent era? So we have like Chaplin, um, uh, Harold Lloyd. Uh, I guess early W. C. Fields, um, uh, early Laurel and Hardy, early Laurel and Hardy, um, and oh, some of the uh, uh, Clara Bow. Clara Bow. Yeah, come on! Like she, she had, she had, a, she had a comedic turn. I mean, not always strictly uh, doing comedies. Wait a minute! She had, she had comedic chops for fucking sure. Uh, I mean, uh, she had her <laughs> moments, but she's hardly on the list of like silent film comedians. We're talking about like, f- yeah, right. you know what, what I, I mean? I what, what is there a female? What's a good female uh, silent comedian then? Uh, well, uh, yeah, add sound, and you still got the same answer, as far as I'm concerned. Hey. <laughs> 
to Jesus, man. <laughs> Good thing no women listen to this. All right, go. Uh, no cancellation for us, kid. No, no, of course I'm, I'm but, kidding. Um, uh, Janet Gaynor, uh, uh, we we thought was very very funny in The Star Is Born, but there again, it's I don't. It's almost like women for a long time could be kind of funny. But yeah. they, they weren't like the funny women. I don't think until Lucia Ball. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? No, 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 no. Mae West. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Past that, I could now, now, by the way, when I say Mae West, it's not like I had anybody else crowd in my brain. It was just fucking her. Oh, yeah, and I don't really know much about her. I mean, I, I, she's, I know her from uh, My Little Chickadee, and I know her from just like little clips where it's like, I'm a well, you know, like, hey, that's all I really know about. You know who hated her? Who hated her? Family <laughs> number one. W.C. Fields. Who? W.C. Fields. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, my, my, one of my favorite insults ever is it was a, was a, plumber's, a plumber's vision of Cleopatra. A plumber's vision of Cleopatra. I like it. I mean, she, she had sex appeal, but she was definitely, you could tell, like, the wheels were going to fall off at any moment with her. That was kind of part of the sex appeal, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so sorry. Uh, yeah, so I've been as curious as you and, and as ignorant in terms of never having seen um, a Buster Keaton movie. And, <laughs> yep. and I would say probably more, maybe even more than Charlie Chaplin, um, I've seen a billion like little like 10 second clips that are like famous, yeah. like iconic. And some of them appear. The house falling on him. That's that's like the one of the most iconic. That's not in our film today. But there were moments even where he was chasing (laughs) something down a street, and it's clearly a shot from a car that he's almost catching up with. So I'm like, I've seen that before. Like I've seen a million things with this guy. So I I request that we go out of order and start with um, 1926 and the general. This is Sherlock Junior. I'm sorry. Sherlock Junior. Well, I thought we were going to go out of order. 1926 is uh, The General. Oh, you're right. The General. Oh, sorry. Yep. And this right. is a the film. General. Okay. Yeah. Or, Orson Welles said this was um, ma- the funniest film ever made and maybe the greatest film ever made. Okay. Now, I should say this. I think it's worth noting that Orson Welles, just a side note here, is uh, I think I hate it when people diss Citizen Kane. I think uh, Orson Welles is, is one of the most brilliant contributors to, to film in the 20th century. But he also strikes me as a dick. <laughs> oh, I don't think anybody would argue with that. I don't, I, don't, I don't just mean in personal his personal life. That could be true, too. But I just mean even when he makes statements about things. I'm like, ah, shut up. You'll drink your wine before it's time. Well, okay, so <laughs> granted, okay. But but here's the thing about that. And yeah, it's just, it, but now that being said, I don't know that I would necessarily, even though I don't like the words coming out of his mouth, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily argue with him about if he said something like this. Which, the first part of the, the second part. One of the things I thought was most striking about this movie would have totally resonated with him, which is as far as like doing really fucking interesting things with a camera. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, this was amazing. Like my like this, there, there's a one scene in this movie where he's hiding under a table, yeah, and somebody burns a somebody somebody Brilliant. burns Brilliant. right into the thing, yeah, and he and that that, that plays to a scene later on where his girlfriend is his lady love is in the room and he looks through that thing yeah. straight at her and it's just like 
it's it's a frame within a frame change perspective and it's it's i mean considering that's 1926 it's really very um creative like super miles away from everybody else everybody like that that fucking iris camera was a common was commonly used but i've never seen it used like that like that was a, like a like a truly creative way to it was like to naturalistic it was using something in the room as the iris instead of the actual like the the lens yeah, or something right. yeah like just a, normally an iris would just be in the yeah. middle of your goddamn screen yeah this was yeah this was this is super, perfectly superimposed over the hole in the goddamn thing it's yeah and this is one i would say less than the other one but this is one where there are some moments where the combination of the scope of the direction the conceit of the idea and his agility as a physical actor where you're like, how the hell is that happening? Yeah. And how yeah, did... Yeah, the part, Christopher Reeve up, is a... He's picking up pylons off the side of the... Picking up wood off the side of the road and throwing them up over and on top of the train that he's driving. It really makes you look down on Christopher Reeve, I feel. <laughs> well, I mean... A horse? You know, he, really? That's all it took, Christopher? Could have had an iron horse, but, you know... I think you did have an iron lung toward the end there. <laughs> Uh, so, so I, okay, so more about Christopher. Okay, let me make this admission. Please admit. Uh, I think Chaplin's funnier. I think you a lot of the people were a lot of. I think Arbuckle was probably funnier. I don't think either of them were as technically adept or fucking interesting you in, their, do, in their gags as as Buster. You want to do macro commentary? That's I, I'm. That's fine. But oh, oh yeah, sorry. I'm no, 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 no. That's fine. But you're dragging me down there because, because I. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna say this about the general. Not very funny. Okay. I yeah. I teeheed a couple of times and I didn't mm-hmm. find him very good. I did not enjoy okay. this movie for the most part, except that strangely, this is like my granddaughter who will only eat um, egg McMuffins and then pauses to say. And only for dinner. Uh, I found this movie enjoyable as an action movie. Yeah, okay. I was kind of breathless watching this movie. It was really, like, it it was um, very edge of your seat all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the the techniques, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's amazing. But I just didn't find him funny. And there's something especially about his deadpan face. Like, who's Fred, Fred Allen? Is another sourpuss, right? Uh-huh. Uh, they both kind of remind me of a drunken version of someone, but I can't remember right now who it is. But but Fred Allen, the trick with Fred Allen is he had the kind of like sour verse and mixed with warm, kind of braided with warm punch punch lines, and like mm-hmm. like our our boy doesn't have that opportunity. I mean, you have the cards, but they're not. You can't really zing with cards, and so there's right. nothing to contrast the face. It's just this sort of like the Munch painting face all the time, and I don't find it very oh, interesting okay. at all. Okay, so 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 let me do this. I'll go with you on that. I'll go with you on the. You're right. It's not. It's not, it's not a very funny movie. It is much more. It works much better on an action movie scale. I guess I hadn't thought of it in those terms, so thank you for that. Yeah. But I couldn't disagree with you more. I like his deadpan. It was really it made me laugh. Whenever whenever he like fully employed it. Like so there weren't very many shots in this movie where he did that, but there's the one where he's looking through the window you know, looking through the window at the front of the train. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, and then something changes and then something else changes and it just is yeah. like, you know, his 
I like, like this dead double take was dead penny. Well, see, that's the thing. I don't see. I, I I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to talk to both of them at the same time. The other film that we watched is is sorry. I, I apologize. We'll keep going back and forth if you don't mind. It's 1920. Name, so it's, it's 1924. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be a shot. Uh, uh, 1924 Sherlock uh, Sherlock Holmes Jr. Okay, I like that movie a lot more, and I found it a lot funnier. So, so I was thinking about it today when I was walking, and it's this. That he's, he's got the deadpan face in both of them, right? But in yep. the general, it's like it's this huge D.W. Griffith-type mm-hmm. scope from which he's doing something very small frenetically. And to me, there's, like, I, I, there's almost no tension, except when there's like four or five moments where it's like, oh, shit, the, 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 the cannon in his foot and you know some of the things you've mentioned with the pylons i mean it's like totally amazing and so you get those moments but pretty much it's like huge scale tiny deadpan and and sherlock jr was the opposite everything was in this tiny confined space so when he was all over the place it reminded me a lot of um uh, W.C. Fields. You know, W.C. Fields would do the thing where it's like he's hanging up his hat, but he gets caught up in a cane, and then he turns around, and the cane's behind him, and he's looking for his hat like a dog. <laughs> and it's like always in like this small space. You could do it anywhere. So Sherlock Jones, Sherlock, Sherlock Jones, Sherlock Holmes Jr., uh, it had me howling at these like crazy contrived. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I laughed out loud a couple, more than a couple of times on the Sherlock Jr., which is more than I did for, uh, for the general, for sure. Yeah, but, I think. About his physicality, the one thing I just I, I I'm I'm super impressed by that because so there's the scene in the general where he's sitting on like he goes to sit on like the I don't know what even that's called this arm on the train that's connected between the two train wheels. arm they call that and then the train starts taking off and he's just still sitting on it as it's moving up and down yeah gyrating and I would and, and that's again a very famous scene and I was watching it going there's no fucking way I could do that yeah but I also watched it and said when he sits down that's what's going to happen. Well, I knew that too because, like I said, I've seen it before. But I hadn't seen that, seen that particular thing before, and it's like it just seems so, you know, so much of it was predictable. And I hate to say that because it's like, it's like saying of any great sort of comedic mind, like a hundred years later, like ah, oh, fuck you, Finley, you know, like yeah, I yeah, want, Joe, fuck you. yeah, fuck me, I got you, but yes, and fuck me, but but I was thinking like, um, I can't help but know where that's going and that's the context thing right like yeah contextually audiences were less sophisticated but i can't help that i'm watching it now and it's like i know where all this stuff is going even the scenes i haven't seen before so maybe it's a victim of his own creativity like creates all these these things with the house falling through and everything else and some of them are just so amazing it doesn't matter whether you know they're coming and some are just like eh Oh yeah, I mean, let's say the well. I'd say the quality of the stunts. I mean, well, the train scene, like at the end, that end with the train coming through. Yeah, that's a famous fucking scene. Yeah, because again, that was a super one shot. <laughs> they had one train. Oh to yeah, an actual train <laughs> that they fucking ruined in a bridge at the same time. So yeah. they, that was it. But um, um, I would say the physicality in uh, Sherlock is definitely brighter. The physicality, yeah. Okay, so I was talking, like I said earlier, I was talking about like how he would only do it in the one take and all like that. There's this one scene in that fucking thing where he's on the top of a, he's on a roof. Yeah. He's trailing somebody and that person's in a car. Yep. And he just grabs a railroad thing and right into the back seat. And if he had that, 
Go fuck yourself. That's crazy. It's insane the stuff he does. But but here's the difference I think between Sherlock um, Holmes Jr. 1924 and the General two years later, mm-hmm. supposedly his triumph, right? Um, is that in Sherlock Jones, Sherlock Holmes Jr. He shares the funny with people. Yeah. Like, like his 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 Man Friday or the Butler who conspires with the with a villain. They're all hilarious, and they're given hilarious context to play off of each other. Well, and, even the even the female, even yeah. his uh, female love interest, is given much more to work with in this than than in the general. So, to me, one of the mistakes is in the general, like he's given too much power. I think. I mean, I'm talking about <clears throat> Buster Keaton himself to say everything's going to be about me in this yeah. huge D.W. Griffith scale. And so, to me, it's like ah, I kind of. You know, I don't know. We, we're going to do the Marx Brothers at some point, and I've certainly seen a lot of Marx Brothers. But I'd be curious to sort of do a comparison too, like when they're doing like uh, duck soup or coconuts or something, versus by the time they get to the the years where they're just bailing out Chico from you know mob uh, <laughs> <laughs> losing at the numbers. Every, when everyone's sick of the joke by that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I I'd, I'd be curious to sort of see if it's the same thing. What 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 uh, studio power does to people? I mean, we've seen it in in, in serious roles too, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. People who just should should have been told no, but no one could tell them no. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's like us with this podcast, frankly. No, people have been trying to tell us no. Actually, they've been saying my 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 not showing up should be the no, maybe or right, right. But yeah, it's not voting with voting with their feet. I think is what we're talking about. Voting with their yeah, uh, but uh, not it's not working. Years. It's not working. We're still here. Yeah, um, suckers. Yeah, I mean, so who's he? Okay, best? so do we talk about the plot of the general? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so it's uh, American Civil War. Uh, the, our boy uh, Buster is a train conductor. His train is called the General. That's what it's. That's where that even comes from. I had no idea. I, honestly, I, I, from what I'd seen, I thought the cannon was the General at some point. Mm. Uh, but now it turned out it was the train. That was the General. And uh, some uh, damn Yankee. But he's Confederate, by the way. So it's a little, uh, little. This, uh, should we should we warn anybody? Was that a trigger thing? Might be. No, it's not that. But you know, it is weird. I, I, I don't. I certainly don't. Watching any film, certainly one from the twenties, I have no problem with anyone being, you know, protagonists being on one side or the other. But it is odd. It is it odd, feels odd, doesn't it? Yeah. For someone, it, and it's not even like, you know, I think if they were to, to do it, if Matthew McConaughey was to play like a Confederate soldier, there'd be a few conversations in the film about mm. like his. But I'm doing it for the land, not for the, the cause. Uh, hey, right, hey, now. States are, the states are important. <laughs> I keep getting older. The union stays the same age. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, but you know what I mean. So there's again, it's like there's the context you meant before, which is like the historical context, and in terms of film too, filmmaking, everything else. But there's also like the lack of context that I mean, it's. I should like more silent films because I'm such a fucking, you know, an anachronistic motherfucker myself. But Mm -hmm. I think what keeps me from going to silent films too often is you get a little overload on lack of context. I mean, in terms of context they can put in a story. It has to be so blunt. Also, and I got to say, the print I got of The General uh, had the worst fucking soundtrack attached to it, I, I can imagine. 
Oh, it's funny because just yeah, it was, the one I got was just the 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 they 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 do the overdub music throughout the entire thing. Yeah, Ugh, it was it was really bad. I I mine was okay. I don't know. Maybe we just have different opinions of the same thing. But but I for some I think just as a cheapskate, I, I got a, a version of um, Sherlock Junior that was on YouTube, and it was a, a lot of music that was way new. I mean, it was some half of it was like David Bowie <laughs> industrial music, and I gotta tell you, whoever put it together. Mwah. Oh yeah. It was okay. just sort of like a fit sometimes to have like a psychedelic, like a five minute stretch of basically like psychedelic music when he's doing all his weirdo imaginings and everything. Dude, can we can we move on now? Do you think? Move on, sister. I do. I, let's talk about let's talk about uh, Sherlock Junior here for a little Please bit. Please do. Um, so talking about the te- I think okay so I think the general wait you never talked about the general goes, hold on I am going to stop you because you said let's should we talk about the general and then you never talked about it we just we got as far as the Confederate and then we went off on uh, Matthew McConaughey oh well okay so the general's pretty is okay it's it's actually pretty fucking straightforward it's yep. it's all in the execution yep. he uh, they uh, a bunch of damn Yankees steal his train. Yeah, uh, and they take it across. They take it to. Uh, they take it north to their people. Yeah, and uh, he decides to foil them, and 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 it's basically his adventures in doing so. I I couldn't have said it better myself. There's a little and bit I of a kidnapping. Think, I'm, I don't of think his... I'm ruining fucking. I don't want to ruin anything because it's really. It's like I said. It's in. It's in the acting. It's in the gags. It's it's uh, it's all the details of. of well, how part it of it is out. also he 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 has a love interest. There's always a love interest in these these silent comedies, and and yeah. she. You know, wants everyone she knows, brother, father, cousin, other suitors, to be lining up to join the Confederacy. And so oh, there's a mistake in, in communication, and I don't want to give too much away, where it looks like he's refused to go to war when, in fact, he's he's been rejected in order that he serve a greater purpose as a train engineer. And right, so, he, right. so he sees this opportunity to kind of do both things, to become in the more you know, embedded in the war and then impress this girl who gets kidnapped. This is oh yeah okay there's that there's a and I gotta be honest this, that, that kind of reminded me of something else there was something like back when people like were into the glory of war where women like yeah. like ruin a fucking man by making him go to war like it's super I don't know if you ever, have you ever heard of the White Feather Society in England the White Feather oh this is this like where the four feathers comes from right no no I don't think it is because this is like during World War One Four Feathers I think precedes that but but oh. the White Feather Society this guy. They were having a hard time recruiting men yep. into the army because everyone was getting fucking slaughtered. Yep. And so, uh, so they 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 they, they recruited women yep. to go around and give like a white feather uh, of cowardice to men who weren't yep. who were of age but weren't in the military. Huh. It's weirdly insidious how women get you get got used in that context back in the day. Women got you. <laughs> I like how you frame yeah, well, those yeah, women no, getting I mean, used. They, 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 how, I mean, if you want to manipulate a young man, what do you do? You get a woman to call him a chicken shit. That's like calling the, the the hook manipulated instead of the worm. Oh shit! For a second, I thought, I thought like the, you were going to say the crocodile with the clock in his belly. Oh, uh, what was the fee flock? What was I it? I like to think the camera just froze right there for. What a was second. the kids? What was the the. Captain Hook, he would flee. The guy who worked with him, flunk. He had some. No, Shmee. Shmee, that was it, Shmee. Ah. Tick, tick, tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, we went far afield on that one, sorry. Well, no, it's all right. I, I, I... Anyway, so Sherlock I Jr. Guess... Go ahead. Okay, sure. So let's go back. Okay, so let's talk about Sherlock Jr. Now, yeah. the general, I think, I think, okay, so let me, let me put my, my, my little uh, statement here. I think the general is sort of technically the more innovative movie. Yeah. 
But the, but Sherlock Jr. is not a slouch when it comes to innovation. No. I, I mean, like, we're talking, like, we're talking, like, serious meta. Well, it's, uh, yeah, there's that. There's the meta in that he's a projectionist. And there's then... dream logic. There's meta going on. It's fucking, it's really, it's kind of impressive from from a, just a storytelling standpoint. But also, I think the gags are, I, they're not oh, as, as cinematic as the general, but it's almost like they're better because they feel like gags that he's been worked, that have been worked out on stage or something for a long time. So, right. I mean, that whole thing with the butler and the villain and the, the chair and the axe and the billiard. And it's like, it's just an insane number of, of things that this these characters are walking through at one point yeah. or another. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's... it's um, it, it, I actually found it a, a bit more sophisticated. Like, it's... Aside from one clumsy moment where, where a guy pulls out a bottle that's labeled poison and shows yes. it to the camera. Aside from that, like, I felt like... It, it was just moving along and expecting you to move along with it. Right. Well, and it also had the quality, like, you kind of knew what was going to happen, but it was, again, yeah. it was just the execution of the gag itself. And I would say this, actually, you're calling it more sophisticated. I think the general was more clever, and I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what did it in a little bit as far as the gags. Oh, it did the gags in a bit. I think this. I think that uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Sherlock Jr. was a little more Oh, I lost you for a minute there. Huh? You still there? You're kind of frozen. Oh, now's my chance to talk about things without dummy. Okay, so I don't... We lost... I'm just going to make it obvious here. Sorry. We, we lost our connection there, and so we're, we don't know where the fuck we were. But but let's just go back to this. Let, let me ask you this. If you were to rank it, and then if you remember what you're saying, just interrupt me. If you were to rank the comedians we've talked about and... Um, I was mentioning um, as I was cut off there for a second that Harold Lloyd is someone I've never seen and he seems to belong in there. So let's just leave him off the list. We now know Chaplin. We know Fatty Arbuckle. Um, I'm really familiar with the Marx Brothers. Are you fairly familiar? Yeah, fairly familiar. I'm familiar with as Buster Keaton, I imagine. So sure. I'm, I'm talking about people who are like silent or silent adjacent, right? W.C. Fields, the silent years. Yeah. Uh, who else? Chaplin. Who? Where, where does Keaton rank in, in the whole mess, as far as you're concerned? Oh boy. Okay. So, and what, what's our criterion here? Funny. I don't know. I didn't really set one, but um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, let, me, I mean, let yeah. me set up two. Let me set up two criteria here. Okay. Mm. Let's go for one for funny and two for important. How about that? Okay. I mean, I don't I know. Do we need to weigh in on whether... I mean, the culture already tells us how important they are. are you, do you mean important in what way? That needs defining, too. So. I think in the language of cinema. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. So, I mean, like, if you're going to do that, i put uh, I put him, like, right behind Chaplin on that one. So he's number two. He'd be two on the list. In terms of, like, as a, far as contributions to the film, the comedic filmmaking the process. film, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as far as funny, uh, W.C. Fields has always been one of my favorite. So uh, I would probably go W.C. Fields. Um, Chaplin. Yeah, maybe maybe right at, um, maybe after Chaplin on that one right there. Above Laurel and Hardy. I agree with you, sir. Finally, I've gotten you to admit that Laurel and Hardy is on the bottom of that list. And I did it by not putting them on the list the first time. 
Yeah, well, since you didn't put them on the list, I just totally forgot about them. They're forgettable. They're forgettable. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, do you like it? Do you like him? Do you like them more than than he? Who? What? Oh, Laurel and Hardy. Third base. Uh, yeah. Oh. Who's better, Laurel and no, Hardy or Keaton? I wouldn't say that. I would say probably probably our man here. Buster. Yeah, but but they okay, and and now what they don't fig, factor in on, but neither does do the Marx Brothers really. There's not there's nothing innovative about Laurel and Hardy or the Marx Brothers. Just to be fair about it, like it's all just like capturing well what they do, as opposed yeah. to Chaplin, you know, with modern times or City Lights or whatever, and 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 our man Keaton who are like trying to do two things. They're trying to make you cry. That's a, the, the yeah. crying comedian, right? This is the whole thing. I've been obsessed with Pauline Kael lately. I'm a latecomer. To, did you watch that documentary? I haven't watched it yet. yet. It'll enrage you, but it'll it'll. But her whole thing was she <laughs> she didn't like uh, Charlie Chaplin. I mean, she liked his, his shorts, but all of his films is like stop trying to be important to make me cry. And it's like I disagree with her, but she's she is identifying what he he's trying to do. And I yeah. wonder in a way if if uh, if Keaton was was trying to sort of do that too. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, I'm sure they fed off of each other in, in a very real way back then. Yeah. Like, I mean, there were, of course, he would, you know, Keaton was in one of his movies. I mean, so, so, like, there were certainly knew each other. I think all, uh, well, I think all, I, like, if you really want to talk about, like, the big, sort of, like, the male big three early days would have been Chaplin, Keaton, and, um, and Fatty Arbuck. Yeah. And, and maybe, what's his name? Uh, maybe, uh, the, the guy neither one of us has seen. I can't remember his name. Uh, Harold Lloyd. Harold Lloyd, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe Harold Lloyd, but I don't know. I have, I don't know enough about him. Only right? one of them like to rape women. What's that? Only one of them like to rape women. Well, well, only one, one of them like to be uh, falsely accused of such. Uh, Mr. Cancel believe culture. all women, Tommy. Believe all women. All right. Uh, okay. Well, cool. Anything else about this guy? Because I think we've we've uh, done our usual We're terrible out job. Of again, so. What's that? <laughs> We're almost out of bandwidth again. Yeah. No, I think it was. Uh, I, um, I I get it. Let's put it that way. I mean, Buster Keaton, I think, uh, has the reputation he has, and I think he actually fully deserves it. Yeah, but the, after the general, by the way, which was kind of a commercial, like panned by some, mm-hmm. and not long after that, he he sort of fell out of favor, and it was like he the, the descriptions I've read is like he became alcoholic, his wife left him, no one would hire him. He by the time the late thirties came around, he was a a, a punch up writer for the Marx Brothers, which is tragic. Really? Wow. Okay. He was on payroll with Groucho and, and and his brothers to to punch up the jokes. Right. Huh. Which I imagine he was know, great I, at. No, honestly, I, I hadn't looked far enough into him to sort of see like the end of his career. He gives a parallel, as far as I'm concerned, with F. Uh, Scott Fitzgerald to me. This is sort of like the sad, like 1940 Hollywood. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, okay. I would say in my book it would be Dashiell Hammett, but yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but Hammett was a wait. I'm sorry to go off on a Hammett thing here, but Hammett didn't die like penniless, did he? I, I mean, oh fuck yeah, very penniless. Very really? Penniless. Yeah, he was. Uh, he lived on Lillian Hellman's farm for free the last ten years of his life. Oh, see that movie, Julia, misleads me to thinking that he had some great place in uh, in Maine and that he was, you know, living off his old novels and she was hanging out there. He was hanging out no. with her stuff. Yeah, he was living on her farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Um, okay. Well, great. Thanks for introducing me or suggesting this topic, Tom. Oh, Buster Keaton. Uh, what's that? Old Buster Keaton. 
Yeah, Buster Keaton. I like, uh, yeah, a man, man could bust her rhymes. I will say this. Ah, good one. Um, I will say this. Um. <laughs> yes, yes, and talk. <laughs> I will say this. Unlike Chaplin, or the Marx Brothers of this, and this isn't even a knock on him, I will unlikely watch another Buster Keaton movie for a very long time. Really? It, it didn't get me hooked the way uh, Chaplin I want to see more. I want to see more. See more butts. All right. Uh, we'll catch you later. Under the grandstand. <laughs> Love you, Tommy. All right, man. Hey, not Love our worst too. episode. Not our worst. There's at least five others that are worse than this. Oh, at least, yeah. All right, buddy. Catch you later. All right. Bye. <laughs>